0: Hello. Hello.
1: Good morning, Andy. It's time for you to start your radio show. Have a good one.
2: Thank
0: you. Bye. Bye.
2: Inch by inch, row by row, Andy Lopez makes your garden grow. All it takes is organic know-how to make some fertile ground. Inch by inch, box by box, Andy Lopez makes your garden rock. With Invisible Gardener radio talk And don't panic It's organic No panic
0: It's organic
3: The way that
4: Nature being committed
0: Don't panic <laughs> Everybody. This is Andy Lopez, and interrupting my regularly scheduled program to, to bring you a series uh, on, a, um, on, a, on a video called What's Up With Wheat? And uh, let me explain to you a little bit. So you know, I've been talking about the health of the soil. I've been talking about the, you know, if the soil is sick, then the plants are sick. If the plants are sick, then the, the animals and the people are sick. Well, uh, this is one of that part of the chain, you know, because the wheat. Look at this wheat as the plant, right? One of the plants, one of the plants is sick. I mean, in other words, if you're eating something by sick, you know, it's like it's not normal, it's not right. <laughs> Something's wrong with it, right? And uh, wheat is as a perfect example of that. Perfect, absolute example of that. One of the things that's going on with me, I have you know talked to you about dental surgery, and I have to do this to show. Uh, by the way, the uh, I have to start the video in about um, ten minutes or so, and it's actually it's a sh- video of the show of the movie called What's Up with Wheat, and uh, it's available at what What's Up with Wheat uh, and it's going to be a three parter because it's around twenty minutes. Um, but what what I was saying was is that um, it's a, it's an audio version of it, it's a, so you'll be here listening to the audio. I've broken it up into three parts for you to listen to. And and listen to what they have to say about wheat, because wheat is one of the problems I'm having. I can't eat wheat, I can't eat I can't eat any of this stuff, any other stuff anymore. Anytime I touch anything that has anything in it that's not supposed to be in my body, my body says, All right, you do that one more time and I'm cutting you off and I'm telling you this was because I'm going through my dental surgery thing, right? Uh, one of the things that I, I, uh, that's happened to me, i have been bombarded with antibiotic in my stomach, which has killed every little living all my little soldiers there. They're all gone, and anything I put down either now, they go. What is this? <laughs> and the, my body doesn't can't deal with it, and that's what's happening with my. I'm, I, I'm having issues. Uh, I get sick from it. Uh, it's like gluten. I stop eating gluten, Well, gluten, wheat, right? And so there's a. Uh, so, there's a lot, you know, I've always argued about, you know, don't panic, it's organic. That's how I got that. I got it because of, uh, you want to eat, or I should say don't panic, it's certified organic, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, because if it's not certified organic, it's going to have some type of a ke- weird chemical in that you don't even want. As a matter of fact, you're already getting chemicals in that you don't want in your body from whatever, just driving around. The other day I was driving around going, boy... There's, there's toxins coming from over there. There's toxins coming from over there. There's toxins coming from there. Oh, look, I'm driving through toxins. Holy Casablanca, right? Ideally, you should have a mask where you can drive around because you're, you're 10 times more toxic in the car than outside, okay? And there's so many differences with the recent fires, driving around Malibu. I've been, uh, I do several different columns, and I have to make sure, I have to keep track of the time because I said I want to start the... Uh, the show at uh, 1:15 is when I told everybody it's when it starts. That way, people can show up and listen to it at the Saint. You know, not miss it. But you can always get it on the podcast. Uh, but uh, so I'm going to uh, uh, do this series because it, when I listen to it, it further reinforces what I've been saying, and this is it shows how how we've gone on the path of. Of of destruction, you know, the eve of destruction was that's basically what we've we've done in lots of different ways. We destroyed the way we deal with the soil. Uh, We're no longer dealing with, you know, that's what, and and therefore we have destroyed with our health and our genes and our ability to be healthy and our our ability to uh, live a long life. Uh, we're, you know, right now. You, uh, as I said, to people, for example, the people in Malibu. I'm sure it's the same thing with people in Paradise. When you go back to your place, and it's all burned down, we are surrounded by toxins that have never been on the planet before, and they go into your body in lots of different ways, and they, and it takes a long, long time for you to fall over. Sometimes people fall over right away and die. Other times, it just gets in your body. There are different types of classification of toxins and how they get in your body. And uh, when I was visiting some of these folks, because I do a column, and uh, when I go see them, they come over, and because I have a couple of different devices from a device the, uh, the Geiger counter that measures radiation to a device that tests parts per million of uh, whether it be formaldehyde or whether it be TVCs or od's or a variety of other different type of um, toxins, you know, uh, you can test the food. But these, uh, the, the for example, in the city of Malibu is. I understand their problem in that they can't tell their people, you can't come back here <laughs> for maybe 20 or 30 years or whatever, right? Even because it's, it's not, you have to take everything away, all the soil and earth Because once they're doing now, they're fixing, you know, they say, okay, that got burned down, so we'll clean up the, the burn structure and build something up again. Uh, sometimes they scrape some of the soil away, but there's so much toxins from that barren burn everywhere in the countryside, in the environment now. Uh, and then I tell people, well, when it rains, it doesn't wash it out. It puts it in the soil. But when it dries, the winds will take it right back up in the air again. And if you have fog a variety of other things, then uh, you know, it's there. Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, it's an issue that uh, I, I've, I've personally been dealing with. And I know you all are, too, in terms of uh, your body being attacked all this time by various different toxins all uh, right? you're, you're getting toxins everywhere. I believe me, in the water, from the microbeads in the, in the water, if you're, get, if you're getting water from plastic jugs, uh, if you're drinking city water in the city water, you know, even now the, the rain is, is not as clean as it used to be because it's, sometimes it could be acid rain from so much toxins in the air when it comes down. Uh, and and, and that's, that's all reflected in the soil, one of the things about the uh, this the talk here, if you listen to it, uh, they do talk a little bit about the soil. What I like about that, what they talk about, one of the things I like about is the stomach. And remember, I talk a lot about the stomach, the relationship between our stomach and the soil. Right? How the soil is the skin of the earth, and since our skin, we have uh, our stomach is it's a uh, it's, uh, our skin lines our stomach, sees what it holds our stomach in in. And, and there's, there's a big relationship because we evolved from that, and we basically took the good parts and made it mobile. <laughs> okay, and so there, and but just because we're separated from does not does not does not mean that we're not connected, and we're connected in the fact that we have to eat, and anything that we eat will have some connection to do with the soil. Right anything you eat we eat will have some con- some connection to the soil whether it was planted in there it was grown in or whether it eat something else that's in the soil that was grown there, everything and uh, it, it's it's uh, and remember the soil everywhere whether the soils under the ocean too, right in the water you say there's no soil down there, Well, they go down there, dig it up, come up that's soil it's just difference structures and different forms of the same thing okay so we're going to be doing this this show called what's up with wheat and it's, it's it's with from the folks over you go over to um their website what's up with wheat.com okay and it's called what's up with wheat eat at your own risk okay and if you want to um you can do your own screening right uh you can buy the dvd and they give you a kit. That you can pass, you know you can you can make your own when you so people come and, and watch the show you can give them information, so it's over at what'supwithweed dot com okay and go there and you know maybe tell me if you heard it on my show just tell me you heard it on the invisible Garden show if not it doesn't make any difference but check it out and there there are also the people that are going against the grain and going against GMOs, so um. Uh, it, they, they know what they're doing. There's lots of experts on here. Lots of really good information that you should listen to because I, I know there's that it's somehow it's affecting all of us. We were talking, you know, there's a big discussion about it, you know uh, Monsanto and uh, Roundup, right? And that's another example of it. goes Round, Roundup is exactly what it, you know what it really does is it damages the soil. See. And so, therefore, it's also damaging the people, right? <laughs> exactly, right. And so, there, there's a lot. Of, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they maybe do some kind of educational video on that, and then I'll play. I'll do the same thing and play them. Uh, I decided that's so what I'm going to do more and more is uh, be more of an advocate for not just health of the soil, but health of everybody. Because you have to be, uh, you can't be saying, okay, I want the soil to be healthy. Who cares about people, right? <laughs> Doesn't really work that way. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, that's going to be starting up uh, pretty soon. The, what's in your what's uh, up with wheat? And you're going to find it uh, very interesting in the sense that uh, you you know I, I myself try to be gluten free, right? But it's not just gluten; it's, it's all the the all the different things that wheat is in, and how it's gotten into uh, not just you know food, but it's in paints, it's in. Uh, um, it's in uh, you know a uh, lipstick, it's in uh, makeup, it's in uh, you name you name it. it's in, in other types of of, uh, of, of like uh, cooking things, you know all type of everywhere. it's ridiculous. and the problem is is that it's not the type of of wheat that we normally eat or the way we normally would be eating things, right because when you as a as a as a forager hunter we that's what we did we went around we ate a variety of different things that were growing wild not just one type of wheat the different types of grains different things intermixed with berries intermixed right and now uh, but i'm i'm not going to be explaining to you the, let the show i will let the show explain to you because they really they do a really good job at helping people to uh understand this whole process of wheat and then we have to uh, another thing that's good about that is interesting is that if you go to their website, com, they show you the uh, connections to all the different experts that are on there. And each of them have uh, a, a, or an expert in their field, which also provide uh beneficial resources because if you're like me i want to be able to know what to eat right (laughs) and i'm trying to get my protein levels up but i'm really having a hard time finding good stuff on the market now whether they they have some variety of different things that i'm looking into that i can use for my for my benefit Uh, because it's all new process for me of learning how to deal with all this stuff that's happening even though i've been talking about for years now it's affected me directly and i either have to get it together or i won't be able to eat right right and so, especially when you go out and stuff. So, I, mean, I have to so I have to cook in myself and deal with that. And when I buy stuff, I have to... I always looked at, uh, read the ingredients, but I never thought that the little... You know, there are some minor things in there that I thought, well, they're not, they're not a big deal. No, there also are, too. Uh, uh, they may sound harmless, but they're, they're, they're not. Uh, and um, so, anyway, that's the show is going to start pretty soon. And then when it's done, uh, don't forget that uh, my... Uh, Cosmic Spaceship Show or Beyond. Afterwards, uh, where I play some of my latest uh, music that I, I created. Uh, I started writing music, and it, uh, if you consider it writing, my friend says doesn't consider it writing. He says that's just you know not really writing, but I do. If I, if you put if it, if you create music, then I, it's, it's writing anyway. Um, that's going to be coming up. called the Cosmic Spaceship. I usually do a couple of songs a week. Uh, um, three or four songs four or five songs depends how busy i am you know uh, and i play you get to hear them first uh so uh, let me go ahead and see i think i can just go ahead and get started now and we'll see what what happens okay
5: We certainly have observed over time a steady increase in the rate of celiac disease
6: and the rate of uh, uh, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Why? No one's thinking about maybe there's something in the wheat now that there didn't used to be there that's causing this problem.
7: Multiple sclerosis, vitiligo, alopecia, thyroiditis. They always find a connection between that autoimmune disease and gluten. The wheat
8: that has been developed now was developed for commercial reasons, and of course, it's laced with chemicals.
1: Wheat
3: is in everything. It's in everything. you
1: don't think we're in a crisis, you're not watching, you're not looking, you're not talking to teachers, you're not listening to parents, because we have an extreme health crisis in our children today.
9: turned 50 and leading up to 50 I started to gain weight. Uh, I got a very sore right hip, lower back pain. Uh, I had soreness here, tightness in my throat and I just wasn't doing very well health-wise. So I went on elimination protocol and I eliminated to the winter foods of the hunter-gatherer. So lean meats, uh, winter vegetables and winter fruits was all I ate and over a three-week period I lost all the weight that I had gained over a period of a couple of years. All my aches and pains disappeared. Unbelievable clarity of mind, energy abounding. And I started to introduce foods back in. And I found that the biggest problem of all was wheat. And tradition for me was really important to understand why was wheat my problem and why did I see so many other people with a wheat issue and with a gluten issue? You
10: know, it's the cultivation of wheat and other uh, of these agrarian products that has allowed civilization to spread. It's allowed exploration. It's given us a food uh, that was easily transportable, would not spoil, and a very, very concentrated source of calories.
11: The transition from the hunter-gatherer mode of existence, which constituted 99% of our prehistory before we started eating grains, uh, was like a dramatic shift in consciousness as well as a dietary shift.
9: Wheat played a critical role in our becoming civilized. It enabled us not to be hunter-gatherers but instead enabled us to be agriculturalists. Certainly without
5: the development Of agriculture, which involves
9: grain products of some type,
5: we would not have society as we know it today.
11: If you look at the history of wheat, it's attained sort of glorified status secularly. The Food and Agriculture Organization, which is the UN's arm for defeating world hunger, has as its emblem a head of wheat. It's been glorified religiously as well as irreplaceably a representation of you know the body of christ when you have such a profound set of memes deep within the substratum of the human psyche to d- indict the credibility of a very powerful industry uh is, is is really a radical thing in most
1: people's eyes
3: we became a civilization because of wheat that doesn't mean that it didn't come at a price
1: traditional preparation techniques took a long time for they didn't have yeast for example they had a sour culture And it took a couple days to make a loaf of bread. And it was basically a fermentation process. And all grains need fermentation to make it healthy. Today they have methods where they start with the wheat and in two hours it's in the plastic bag as a loaf of bread. And so all of the anti-nutrients, all of the irritants that are naturally in wheat, all wheat, even ancient wheat, are still there because they prepared it so quickly.
11: Those little tweaks were what enabled us to survive because sourdough uses certain types of yeast and there are other bacteria involved that will break down a lot of the proteins that we're talking about that can cause massive destructive changes in the body.
9: So our culture and tradition taught us how to eat foods that may have otherwise not been good for us that are now we're able to use properly, but we've thrown away culture and tradition. Dr. Kellogg's was a gentleman who was a vegetarian. He didn't like meat. He believed that uh, people need to eat carbohydrates. He had a health farm in the early part of the 1900s in the Midwest, uh, near where my mother was brought up. And he realized that we had trouble eating grain. And so he prepared the grain in a certain way so people could eat it.
10: His early work was fairly profound in raising the awareness, at least here in America, uh, that food mattered in terms of health.
1: Dr. Kellogg had the sanatorium where he was pushing a plant-based high fiber diet. So there was a gradual transition from a breakfast, a hearty breakfast that was meat and eggs or oatmeal with butter and cream to the breakfast cereals
9: with skim milk. It was actually his brother that took on the whole role of Kellogg's cornflakes. And, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, Kellogg's cornflakes was the, the food to eat.
7: Those Kellogg's cornflakes are wonderful. Well, do you know anyone who
12: doesn't like Kellogg's cornflakes? Not a solitary soul.
3: Really important problem at the time was that people were not getting enough calories. And unfortunately, that then exploded, and I think in a direction that was maybe not anticipated at the time. Wow.
2: Now, if you
8: know your oats and want to feel your oats...
3: The initial rationale for breakfast cereals was quite noble, right? Let's let's create a shelf-stable product that is going to allow people to get the calories they need to not die of starvation. Unfortunately, from there, it went to a place where now all of our calories are shelf-stable and convenient and devoid of actual vital nutrition.
9: By the time um, we got to the 60s and 70s, they were fortifying it with minerals as well as vitamins. We've had to
3: add vitamins and minerals to it in order to deal with with malnutrition. The
1: whole idea of fortification is we've taken out the bran and the germ, and so we're gonna put these vitamins back
6: in to replace them. Uh, they can hardly replace what we've taken out. The whole biological system has a natural way of working where when nutrients are present, they're
9: present in context, and the context is everything else that's in that nutrient. Where are they getting these minerals from, and where are they getting these vitamins from? They're not getting them from food sources. They're actually getting them from chemical laboratories or mining them from the ground. Ansel Keys was instrumental in the sequence of events that led to us eating more and more wheat.
10: Uh, Ansel Keys proved to be the harbinger of a, of a major global. Uh, indication that fat was to be demonized and that fat was responsible for just about everything bad you can imagine in the world.
5: He reached the conclusion that it was the drop in consumption of butter and eggs that was associated with the drop in cardiac
9: mortality. He went to 21 countries but only seven of those countries actually proved his theory that fat caused heart disease. He fabricated the story really about the relationship between
6: cholesterol and, and heart disease um, by, by selecting nations that fit on his curve and throwing away all the rest. And it's amazing that, that his chart had so much impact on how we were told to eat.
5: That same data could be examined and has been examined by other scientists to say it was the drop in sugar consumption that occurred at the same time, that was associated with the drop in cardiovascular mortality.
1: Fast forward to the present and the children are getting extruded cereal, you know, Cheerios, skim milk, sugar, uh, margarine, vegetable oils. There's nothing in that breakfast to nourish any part of the body.
9: This was the beginning of fat being bad and carbohydrates being good and this was the beginning of the end of bacon and eggs for breakfast and the beginning of breakfast cereals just soaring through the ranks of the favorite breakfast for the modern American household. There was a gentleman by the name of Norman Borlaug and he was a scientist that worked for the corn and wheat board and they were wanting to mechanize the production of wheat. What his ultimate aim was, and I think it was a noble aim, was to feed starving countries such as India and Pakistan. And they called it the Green Revolution.
4: The Green Revolution performed two roles. First, it created a market for the chemicals that had no markets after the war, but it also allowed a different path for rural transformation.
9: Monocultures in the landscape meant that there were more chemicals being put down. So a monoculture is where it's just one field of wheat or one field of soya or one field of corn. And as a result of that, and and as a result of the chemicals that were being used and the unhealthiness of these plants, it all led to these plants becoming less and less resistant to disease and needing more and more chemicals in order to survive any pests that may want to eat them. Any monoculture will produce more of that.
4: Monoculture is not such a big deal, uh, but it produces less of everything else that was displaced. What Borlaug did was take a wheat that had been stolen from
9: Japan, called Norin, and crossed it the hybridized wheat grain from different countries that would never have hybridized naturally together.
12: The physics of this is that the shortening of the stem allowed more weight to be carried on top of the plant. The other thing was that it it could be harvested a lot faster because you didn't have as much chaff. But see, in olden days, the chaff, the straw, the leftovers from the seed head, those were just as valuable as the seeds for bedding livestock.
4: We had bred plants for balance, to give food for animals through the straw and humans through the grain.
9: By the end of 1945, which was the end of the war, the people that were producing the chemicals for warfare began creating the chemicals for our agriculture. Instead of looking at the health of the plant, they looked at the yield of the plant. The wheat that has been developed now
8: was developed for commercial reasons. It produces a much higher yield and is far more profitable to grow and it's easier to grow.
10: The yield has increased substantially and that has caused this pervasive abundance of wheat globally. And again, it really has caused us as a, as a world now Uh, to be pretty much uh, founded on a a notion that wheat needs to be an important part of our our diets. Only the Western
8: world produced enough grain to feed 11 billion people. 11 billion. We only have, what, short of 8 billion on the planet. So we are overproducing grain.
11: Six hundred and ninety million tons of wheat that are produced every year indicate just how much money is at stake This is a very uh, difficult time for those who are more concerned about the truth and about what's best for our health versus you know the powers that be that don't want people to know the truth about wheat
12: and I understand grain as being precious but but what we what we did was we took this 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 um, this preciousness, and suddenly gorged ourselves on its availability. Once we were able to figure out how to grow it limitlessly, and instead of just being grateful, we have we have turned into uh, you know uh, an orgy of abuse.
9: 1970s and 1980s. We've had the influences of seducing the housewife out of the kitchen with foods that were prepared, such as breakfast cereals. We've had the influence of Ansel Keys, more carbohydrates, less fats. We've now had Norman Borlaug produce a grain where we've got heaps and heaps of wheat available to us or monocultures available to us. And we're getting to The people of America are getting fatter, they're getting more disease and nutritional guidelines uh, start to be introduced.
10: So we created this higher carbohydrate, lower fat calorie uh, idea, which was called here in America, the food pyramid, which was the most perverse a recommendation for
3: human health that has ever been conceived. The history shows very, very clearly that the food pyramid was largely agricultural influences. The rationale that they were given when grains, which had been at the top of the original draft of or the food pyramid, was suddenly put at the bottom, was that well, you know, poor people can't afford to have a, a diet that's based on fruits and vegetables and meats and seafood. When we first started uh,
5: publishing the uh, food guidelines. Uh, it was pitched to the agricultural community as uh, another effective way to help market uh, their products.
8: It is not based on any nutritional science. It is not based on any clinical or medical observation. It has been created by politicians who are protecting the interests of the wealthy.
13: The food that we're eating as a society these days, that is extreme. And if you put a supermarket in the same spot a hundred years ago and, and, and got people to walk in there and say this is, this is the future of food. What do you think they would have said? They would have thought you were crazy. And they probably would have tried something and thought, people eat this. Daily. Think about it.
1: Wheat is probably the most problematic food in the modern diet. Uh, It doesn't need to be, but it needs to be treated with respect and prepared properly.
13: Over the last four, five, six decades, our wheat has changed dramatically, um, so much so that it doesn't even resemble what it used to. The way it's raised,
1: uh, the hybridisation, the way it's processed,
9: the additives, the amount that we're eating. So we're not only just being exposed to what we're consuming, but we're being exposed to it on our our skin as well. So we now find wheat or parts of wheat in our cosmetics. uh, It's found in our supplements. It's found in our medications. It's uh, found in our additives, preservatives and flavorings. If you see the word glucose or maltodextrose or dextrose, these are all wheat-based sugars. Even ascorbic acid is made from wheat and that's our vitamin C. So all of a sudden, because there's so much wheat around and they're realizing that they can manipulate wheat through chemical processes, it's now found in, in just about every corner of our life. Wheat is in everything.
3: It's in everything. It's everywhere. And I think because it's such a subsidized crop, so it becomes such a, such a cheap ingredient, So it's. If you need an ingredient that is an anti-caking agent, well, you can use wheat starch. If you need an ingredient that's a binder, you can get a different chemical that's derived from wheat. You can use every part of wheat. So a lot of the chemicals that we see in uh, processed foods, in cosmetics, in cleaners, in shampoos, they come from the byproduct of of wheat production for, for foodstuffs. And so we end up trying to use every part. We find uses for these chemicals that used to be thrown away and should be thrown away. You
5: know, I see uh, a lot of folks are taking vitamins and supplements. They fail to read the ingredients and may not realize that uh, it's probably contaminated with gluten or contaminated with wheat. Wheat straw extract
9: is used in probably 80 to 90% of the skincare industry. So it is used a lot to help emulsify things. Wheat and gluten can be in many different forms. Um, Things as straight as wheat germ oil, Um, right through things like um, wheat proteins, you can get, um, there's definitely different forms of wheat that we put into the products that have gluten in them and often they're used as emulsifiers or emollients or they're used as surfactants. They're often used to help retain moisture in the skin, so they are definitely a part
3: of the skincare world. For me, I'm always very, very careful in picking what products, we don't even have Play-Doh in my house because it's made with wheat. I don't notice an immediate reaction if I've Use a shampoo that has gluten. But I notice it build up over time, that I'm starting to just feel less energetic. I'm starting to see joint pain. So I'm starting to see signs of inflammation in my body. This is
5: a very individual uh, response. Some people uh, can get by. They just have to have their diet clean. Uh, But they seem to be okay in terms of their skin. Others are so sensitive, myself uh, being one of them, that if uh, somebody puts makeup on me, that has gluten in it. Uh, While it won't trigger my face pain, it does cause severe uh, burning, aching pain in my legs.
9: In history, and not that long ago, probably in India in the 40s and 50s, many things were being grown on a land that then, you know, a decade or two later was all one grain. All of these things helped resist diseases, resist pests, gave nutrition to uh, the people that lived and grew these foods. If it was an animal and plant society, the animals would fertilise the land and then the the plants would be grown afterwards. So we actually used animals and plants. We used different plants to help other plants to um, survive and to be healthy. And that, in turn, gave us the nutrition that we needed in order to be healthy, strong human beings.
12: Well, the basics are pretty simple. There is no animal-less ecology. Think about that. I mean, that sounds so profa- so, so simple, but it's elegant. There is no animal-less ecology. And yet, all around the world, we're trying to grow grain and grow food with no animals. And the animals are confined in, in concentrated animal feeding operations here, their manure develops dead zones here, and the chemical fertilizers from the grain production over here creates dead zones over there, both systems become liabilities instead of both systems being tightly integrated into a regenerative package.
9: As I continue to learn about weight, I then started to look at our modern agriculture. My mother was born in 1937 in Iowa, USA, in the Midwest. In 1938 and 1939, there was a plague of locusts and they decided to use arsenic on the wheat fields and the corn fields in the Midwest. After that period, my mother, who was the oldest of 11, other siblings started to be born. So there were seven boys in that family six were born haemophiliac. Now, haemophilia was never in our family. We went back generation after generation trying to find the gene, it wasn't there. Could it have been the chemical revolution, the arsenic that was being sprayed and the beginning of DDT being sprayed that may have caused the genetic change in my grandmother that then um, gave a family uh, so much to disease as far as haemophilia goes. By 1945, DDT was being sprayed, and DDT is now banned because of the ramifications of that chemical. But DDT was being sprayed on the cornfields and the wheatfields. And I remember being told by my mother that my grandfather was very much against the new chemical farming. But there were so many people that were for this. They said, this is the new way. This is the way that farming's going to go. But he had this sixth sense that it wasn't what we needed to do.
10: One gram of uh, of dirt in its natural state has an incredible number of living organisms within it that allows balance, that allows renewability. But the, you know, in modern agriculture, the soil
12: is absolutely sterilized. We have been degrading land for a long, long time, but now it's, we're able to accelerate it. That I think that's kind of what's changed in this century. That's why we're you know we're desertifying faster. We're we're, um, eroding soil faster. Up until two years ago, nature moved soil more than human activity. You know, dust storms, floods, you know, that sort of thing. And now humans move more soil than nature for the first time in human history. And that should give us pause.
4: Chemical fertilization leaves your foods and crops deficient in vital minerals, trace elements, micronutrients, because the soil is not getting those nutrients. Your soil is becoming desertified.
1: Modern wheat has at least 10 applications of chemicals from start to finish, starting with a spray they put on the seeds to make them sprout. They have hormone sprays uh, to make their stalks strong, uh, hormone sprays to make them come into seed all at the same time, and then they have fumigants in the warehouse. So all of these chemicals are applied to wheat, and that's just the beginning, that's before they start processing.
12: Sir Albert Howard said it so well in 1943 in an agricultural testament, he said, when you use artificial manures to to make artificial soil, it grows artificial plants, which then create artificial animals, which make artificial people who can only be sustained with artificials.
6: It's really interesting to see how many foods are now today being thought of as toxic or as not good for us. You know, for example, wheat. And wheat is the staff of life. And now we say, oh, no, wheat's not a good food. We shouldn't be eating wheat. And no one's thinking about maybe there's something in the wheat now that there didn't used to be there that's causing this problem.
1: You
11: to
13: there, Hank? Yeah, kid. They sprayed us good, huh? Yeah, good. Oh, I never thought we could spray in the garden. But we'll be okay, huh? <laughs> I mean, we've been
12: sprayed before, huh, Hank? Sure, kid. But I've got to tell you, my roots hurt real bad.
13: Hank, whoever did this is going to pay. Hank, they're going to pay
12: big.
9: Hank! Hank!
8: Roundup kills weeds where others
1: can't. Roundup, no root, no weed, no problem.
9: Roundup, you probably have in your garage at the moment or in your tool shed. You probably spray it on your grass. Your sports grounds are probably sprayed with it. Your parks are sprayed with it. Many of our foods are sprayed with it. It's everywhere. Glyphosate
6: is the active ingredient in the pervasive herbicide Roundup, which is used uh, in chemical agriculture extensively and also used on people's lawns. And it's uh, unregulated, um, very poorly monitored actually, and very poorly measured. The glyphosate in the wheat is causing such a train wreck in the body that um, it's no wonder that we can't eat the wheat. We're seeing multiple different problems of the gut on the rise today in children as well as in uh, elderly people, everybody, really all the ages are being affected and I think the glyphosate is a major player in that problem. My big concern
1: about Roundup is uh, what it does to the gut flora and once you've got your gut flora messed up then digestion becomes very difficult.
10: Now the argument in favor of using glyphosate that humans shouldn't worry about is because Glyphosate only affects plants and bacteria. Okay, we are 10 times more bacteria than we are human cells. Therefore, glyphosate becomes a major issue for us to be real concerned about.
4: They say we don't have the shikimate pathway as humans, which is what is disrupted in plants when plants get
9: killed by Roundup. We have that pathway through the bacteria in our gut. The shikimate pathway is a process that happens in plants and bacteria, and it converts fructose that we consume into a compound called PEP, which then through a series of steps makes our beautiful aromatic proteins or amino acids, which then turn into our neurotransmitters. 90% of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut. If we don't have the bacteria, that make these neurotransmitters through the shikamate pathway, then we don't have enough neurotransmitters and therefore our brains don't work as well as they could. We don't think as well as we could. And it's amazing how many things come from the shikamate pathway,
6: including, for example, folate, which is an essential B vitamin, and vitamin K, and um, serotonin, melatonin, melanin, dopamine, um, epinephrine. These are all really, really important molecules in the nervous system.
9: So as my journey continued in the discovery of why wheat could be such a bad thing when we needed it for culture and tradition, and I realized that not only were we destroying the plant and the nutrition of the plant and how we were consuming this plant, but we were also destroying our body's ability to digest it. And so you put those two combinations together And what you're left with is the perfect storm of insidious events with our health that are being caused as a result of us playing with nature.
13: The fact that now we're growing it in a way where we're putting in, I guess, poisons, would be the correct term for it, um, can't be serving anyone's health for the better.
3: So as our society changes to one that is... Um, much more focused on you know work hard play hard and we sacrifice sleep we sacrifice time in our own heads we sacrifice stress management at the same time as our diets are getting more and more nutrient void and richer and richer in inflammatory compounds we are creating a perfect storm of events for chronic illness and we are seeing, not just an increase in celiac disease and gluten sensitivity but we're seeing an increase in just about every chronic illness that we have the capacity to diagnose
12: we've exchanged infectious disease for chronic disease and instead of appreciating where our technology would take us in you know being able to bathe more frequently and have refrigerators and 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 have more sanitation uh, and get us away from infectious disease and enjoy that, we simply let that pendulum swing, clear over to, uh, to chronic, and now we have type 2 diabetes and obesity and uh, you know autism is through the roof.
3: Wheat is contributing to an inflammatory state in our bodies, both by being inherently inflammatory and also by displacing foods in our diet that would allow us to have a more robust immune system.
4: Even the poor are getting diabetes because they're living on a starch diet without any balance in their
1: diet. I mean, a typical diet is, you know, pasta, bread, pizza crust, uh, and then uh, shredded wheat for breakfast and biscuits and muffins. and All of that requires insulin to digest, and so you're just uh, creating a, a perfect situation for diabetes to develop. There's an overlap of all these symptoms going on.
8: And these reactions can manifest as any group of symptoms under the sun. It can be a migraine headache, it can be an asthma attack, it can be a panic attack, it can be depression, it can be mood swings, it can be a skin rash, it can be a cystitis, it can be a nephropathy, it can be anything.
12: You just can't continue to douse your food with neurotoxins and not expect it to show up in the human population. Simply thinking should make us head down a different path.
9: In the wheat grain, it may not just be the gluten and the gliadin that is the problem, the the proteins in our wheat. We also had sugar in the wheat and that sugar is called fructan. And when we chop fructan up into little pieces, that's fructose. And one of the diseases that we're, or maladies that we're now seeing is fructose malabsorption. We're starting to understand that
3: irritable bowel syndrome is at least in many cases, is actually fructose malabsorption. So it's actually our bodies not being able to absorb fructose effectively and overfeeding bacteria.
8: So we used to consume uh, large amounts of fructose for all of our existence, but we ate it in complex, in a natural food, such as a piece of fruit, which has millions of other substances in it and they all necessary. They all balance each other out. If you take fructose out and present it on its own
6: as a molecule to the human body, that can become toxic. The input to the shikimate pathway is PEP, phosphoenolpyruvate. And the step that glyphosate disrupts is the very first step that converts PEP to the next thing in the chain. And PEP is also the output of a pathway that breaks down fructose. So ordinarily, the gut microbes take in fructose, convert it to PEP, and then the PEP supplies the input to the shikimate pathway. But what happens when glyphosate's in the way is that PEP piles up And when PEP piles up, it's going to suppress the ability of the microbes to continue to break down the fructose. So the fructose is going to end up in the lower gut and get processed into fat by the microbes in the lower gut producing gas, for example. And if those microbes are not sufficient to manage all the fructose that's being eaten, then the fructose is going to go to the liver and the liver is going to have to process the fructose into fat also. And in doing so, the liver will become either fatty liver or it will release a lot of LDL particles giving you high cholesterol. Even if we were to, right this moment, just suddenly ban glyphosate, the soil itself would also be an issue because glyphosate in some soils, it can last over 20
9: years. One of the things that I recognized is that my gastrointestinal tract was probably not working as well as it could. It wasn't digesting the weight. And as I researched about the microbiome and realised the enormity of this amazing uh, group of organisms that help us have the nutrition we need, make our nutrition, digest our food, help us with our immunity, produce our neurotransmitters, it's it's an, uh, an enormous job for a bunch of microorganisms.
10: Uh, this collection of more than 100 trillion bacteria that live within each and every one of us that are really ultimately determining whether we're going to be healthy or not the balance point of our immune system whether we have inflammation whether we are fat or lean and even play a role in our mood from moment to
2: moment gut microbes are adapted to the environment that the person lives in to the diet that the person is eating
10: Glyphosate wreaks havoc on our microbiome. It inhibits our ability to uh, have access to certain important minerals because it acts as a chelating agent. And it down-regulates our ability to utilize vitamin D.
8: Your gut flora changes more and more towards being more pathogenic and more hostile for you than friendly.
9: It stops serving you. It becomes unbalanced more and more. Our microbiome is passed on through the generations. So not only does the grandmother give to the grandmother, give to the mother, give to the daughter, to the granddaughter, the genetics, they also pass on the microbiome. And I realised that my grandmother would have had a fairly intact microbiome to give to my mother. But through the chemical revolution, my mother's probably would have been slowly eroded, which she then gave to my sister and to myself, which I then give to my children.
2: Children who are at high risk for celiac disease because of genetic markers, are less likely to develop celiac disease if they have high levels of bifidobacteria in their gut.
9: Bifidus is one of those parts of our microbiome that helps us digest our grains and helps us digest wheat and helps us break down the protein gluten into amino acids, which are easy for our body to use. It's very interesting to see that when you
6: have dairy and wheat in your diet, you have high bifida. Um, If you don't, then those bifida disappear. But if you have bifida that are being harmed by a poison and you're eating wheat and milk, then the wheat and milk are going to become toxic. They're not, you're not going to be able to properly digest them and they're going to become problematic.
2: First thing that's depleting bifidobacteria from the gut are antibiotics. I mean, they're very sensitive to antibiotics. They're very fragile organisms. And when I've done stool tests on patients, bifidobacteria are often missing. Every week, there's something published that adds to our understanding of the importance of these microbes and the way that they affect our health.
1: What's the best source of bifidus? It's raw milk. And we kind of see milk and grains together. Well, uh, the raw milk has that bifidus factor in it. Once we pasteurize our milk, it's gone. So the raw dairy could very well be the missing factor for being able to digest wheat.
9: healthy after I'd eliminated wheat from the diet is that I knew I had to to fix uh, my gut, which was a leaky gut, which means that I wasn't digesting the wheat. It was going into my blood system, which then was causing health issues.
10: The gluten protein that is in wheat has been shown to cause problem to the enterocytes in the cells lining the intestines, causing issues that may result in what we call leaky gut. And when your gut starts to leak, literally holes large enough to allow undigested protein molecules to enter the bloodstream, these open up and undigested protein molecules have an impact on the immune system. Healing the gut lining is job one. Uh, for dealing with virtually any degenerative condition or inflammatory condition that we experience, including diabetes, um, joint pain, coronary artery uh, disease, uh, dementia, and even cancer.
9: Let's look at the, the wheat protein, gluten, which divides into gliadin, which is the main issue when it comes to celiac disease.
7: Gliadin or gluten is found in wheat protein. When we eat a protein, a normal protein, we eat it, goes into our guts, and our body pulls it apart into the individual amino acids, and then we absorb these, and then these building blocks, the amino acids, are reconstituted into human proteins. Unfortunately, gliadin or gluten cannot be digested. Gluten damages the gut, and when that happens, it exposes the insides of the damaged cells to the immune system. And one of those components is called tissue transglutaminase. That's an enzyme in the cells that's in nearly every cell in the body. Antibodies are made against that, so that it can get rid of the fragrance of tissue transglutaminase.
6: Now you have this crazy molecule that has glyphosate, transglutaminase, and, gli- and gliadin all stuck together. And that molecule is, I think, what becomes the allergenic molecule. The body sees it as something it doesn't like, and it develops an uh, immune reaction to it.
7: Now we've got what's called an immune complex, and this is a more difficult thing for the body to get rid of. And it has to put it somewhere. So where will it put it? Well, it often puts it in the immune complexes in the skin, which is, causes eczema or dermatitis tepetiformis in some specific cases. It can put it in the head and lots of people with brain problems have white plaques in their head from gluten complexes in the brain. It can go into the gut and cause all sorts of havoc there.
9: As I started to learn more and research more, I realised that the gut was not the only thing that was affected by wheat. Here I saw in my own body I was being affected in my joints. But why did it affect my joints and my weight? but it may att- attack something else in somebody else. And what I realize is that the most important part of the body that's affected is the neural tree. And the neural tree is our nervous system, brain.
0: Okay, everybody. Uh, that's going to be the end of uh, <clears throat> part one. And uh, don't worry if you don't, ca- if you don't catch it all. You-, you can listen to it again on the podcast. Um, next week uh, we'll be back uh, right where we left off so you can uh, continue with it it's going to be three parts um, it's part of the my a never-ending search to supply you and help you with information and so I'm hoping that um, you listen to, you listen to this several times you'll see how it it will it's affecting you whether you know it or not and The sooner you get on top of this and figure out what's going on and and get, you know, figure out the best approach for you to take uh, to help yourself, the better you will be. So, um, uh, because this is what's happening with me in my life here, and I've been involved with this for a long time. And then every time I turn around, there's something going on, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. And you notice how they, they talk about the soil. How important that is together, so that's what I've been talking about together. Remember, I, I, I say, rec- I've been recently saying, sick soil equals sick plants equals sick people, and uh, and lots of really good information here. And uh, so, there's more going to be coming up uh, next week, right? Uh, right here on uh, bbsradio.com, and um. Uh, on uh, Don't panic. It's organic. That's me with Andy Lopez, Invisible Gardener. Um, coming up next. So uh, and then after that, I'll try to do as many of those as I can. There's lots of stuff going on out there that I want to uh, work with. Uh, I'm hoping to get the uh, the experts, each everyone on the show, maybe mm-hmm. the the producers, and I have uh, uh, each of the experts have their own websites. And in uh, in the field that they're in, you know, you can find some of them have really some really good, uh, lots of information available to you from them. Uh, You should go to whatsupwithwheat.com dot com, and in there they they also they will connect you with all the experts that are are on the show, and you can uh, go to their websites. And some of them have really cool products that you can get that you know do not have any. Uh, My issue is I have to eat, eat. I have to get my nutrition. And if I can't get it from the ocean because the fishes are so polluted, right? If you can't get it from over, you have to get it from someplace. So I'm I've, I've always been in the search of find a good probiotic, for example. So I'm hoping that it, there's so many of them there that I could get what I need from them, right? Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm t- I email them, most of them. And I'm trying to, to uh, communicate with them and get them to be on my, I guess, on uh, my show, so, pretty soon, so uh, don't forget to listen to uh, my show coming up, Cosmic Spaceship, okay? Uh, I have some really cool songs that I've been working on, which i like to, uh, um, you know, share with you. So, thank you very much, and um, happy growing organically, right? Bye now. Take care. I think we're done, right? Everybody. <laughs>